according to Consumer Reports, millennials are even more likely than senior citizens to be the target of a scam. Now, there is a way to detect a scam and prevent it from happening to you using this one weird trick I found online. Well, it was a long winter, but we finally have baseball. And to all the Padres fans, just let me say, we're sorry, but we have to do this. Now, with maybe a half week into the season, obviously there's a couple stories here and there, some outlier stats, and we sort of all know that they don't mean too much, whether a team starts 2-0 and or 0-2, just doesn't mean that much. It just means that baseball started. And trying to look at specific trends, you know, for example, just out of the blue, Trevor Story hitting four home runs in three games for the Rockies. You know, already hitting his, uh, almost to his uh, Pakoda projected total home run uh, for the for the year. But you know, does this mean Trevor Story is going to be the next Todd Helton? It's probably not, but... It, it means as much as it probably did before the season started. So, uh, but in terms of trends, you know, you want to see what's going on. Well, we had a lot of pitchers uh, get sick. We had Sonny Gray get food poisoning. Apparently, uh, Zach Greinke pitched with the flu, and then Kendall Graveman. Uh, something happened with him. I mean, there's there's one possibility that maybe pitchers to just stop eating raw fish that would probably clear it up pitchers should not eat raw fish that's all you have to say and i think we're going to have a nice healthy set of pitchers uh, from this day forward Um, we have controversy interpreting uh, legal and illegal slides in the second base which is way less exciting than it sounds but you know, in the most part, I, I think every time we have a new season, we sometimes have a new way of watching the game. And the big one for me has been watching uh, local games online, uh, which is this is the first time this has happened. You, you could watch it on cable or you could, uh, you know, go kick rocks. Uh, now that the local blackout rules have been lifted for mainly teams on uh, Fox Sports. You can use the Fox Sports Go application and uh, watch the in-market games as long as you have a cable subscription. Now, for me, that's the uh, Detroit and Cleveland and Cincinnati. I can watch them all on Fox Sports and uh, basically put in in a cable subscription, and I'm not going to tell you if I have one or not, but... Uh, you could you could put it in there and uh, watch it live, and it's not bad. Uh, they could use some support for Roku and Chromecast, which doesn't really exist. Uh, they it works for you know Amazon Fire and Apple TV. It's not bad, you know. It's it's a B plus application. It's it's I've heard some things about Fox Sports Go having some problems, 
and I did sort of experience that in the uh, in the postseason last year. But uh, this this is an application that really needs to get better for this this to work out. And I, hopefully, there's going to be an impetus to to do make that better. Now, if I don't have strong enough opinions about baseball, then let's do the strong opinions about curling because where else are you going to get that? World uh, Men's Curling Championship going on right now in Switzerland, and it's sort of tough to do a weekly podcast in the middle of an event like this because in a day everything's going to change. But at this moment, which is uh, Wednesday night, we have Canada for sure, almost for sure, in the playoffs at 8-1. and one. And then... Log Jam City, Sweden, Japan, Denmark, Norway, and the United States at six and three, Scotland, Switzerland, Finland, all at four and five. There is the potential for a giant jam of teams at six and five, but one or two wins is going to be, I think, the benchmark for getting into the playoffs. Advantage. United States and John Schuster, who has had it's been a it's been a week of of a couple misses, but it has been a, an extremely good week for them in terms of beating Norway, beating Sweden, Scotland, Finland, Switzerland. They were one of two shots. They had two shots to beat Canada. They did not get either. They ended up losing there. They they lost a. They lost one to Japan, and then they just got thumped against Denmark, which it happens. You can't win every game. But they have p- played with a ton of confidence. They're making difficult shots. And, you know, a couple easy ones missed here and there, and Schuster sort of lost his cool because that's what John Schuster does. Uh, however, you know, you, you can lose your cool, but if you bounce back and you ended up winning, uh, or then, you know, that... That's this is as good this is as good of a situation I could have realized. I, I didn't even think six and three is a possibility. You know, playoffs I think they would threaten and contend. They're right in there. The advantage that USA has is their last two games are against Germany and Korea, both of whom are in last place. Um, those kind of teams can play aggressively when you know you have nothing else to play for. That is a downside. Uh, of course the. Um, you know, obviously the upside is they're playing two one and eight teams, and you know you have teams like uh, um, Japan, which is is going to have a couple of tough ones. Uh, no, I'm sorry, um, I'm going to throw that Norway. Norway has to play Switzerland and Canada, um, and so you know there's. There's other teams that are in, in worse shapes. Uh, Sweden, for example, has to play Scotland and Denmark. Those are going to be two tough games. They can win them both. So, you know, I pick a Canada winning. Seems pretty safe. Sweden being runner-up, not so much. But, boy, this, this thing could go any way, any which way. But positioning for that, you know, being in that top seven is going to be vitally important and as of right now, the USA is is in prime position to do that. But you know, hats off to Japan. I want to you know, throw you know some credit out to them. The women did amazing in the women's side, and the men are also uh, doing about as good as they've ever done. Right now, they're you know, tied for second, 
and uh, they've they've had some victories. Uh, they did, you know, they beat the United States. They, um, they, you know, they're six and three. So I mean, what can you say? Good, you know, good for them. Um, bit of a surprise that that Scotland and Switzerland are, are struggling as they are, but they're both at four and five and technically not out of it. But you know, someone's got to be down there at the bottom when you're at a world championship. Now it's time for one more hard opinion, and this is going to be involving mixed doubles. Um, this is a this is a discipline of curling that is still trying to find its own voice, and I've always wondered: Are we going to have dedicated mixed doubles curlers, or are we going to have curlers that also play mixed doubles? And as of right now, it's looking like the hand is being forced to people just being straight mixed doubles players. And here's the problem. Canada held its National Mixed Doubles Championship last week, and it was won uh, by uh, Jocelyn Peterman and uh, Brett Gallant. Um, Brett Gallant is uh, the second on uh, Team Brad Gushu, and uh, with the World Championships uh, being later this month, Brett Gallant has a schedule conflict. Uh, he has to. Their their Gushu's playing in a Grand Slam event, so he's not able to be there. Uh, so they go to the silver medalist, which is Laura Crocker and Jeff Walker. Well, um, Jeff Walker is also in Gushu's team, so he can't make it either. Which means that the bronze medalist uh, team of uh, Marlise Kasner and Dustin Kalthoff, if I'm saying those names right. Um, they will represent Canada in, in the World Championship. So, you know, congratulations to them. They they did very well. Um, uh, but they even uh, won the bronze when the... They, they won the bronze medal game by default. Uh, they were supposed to play Ryan Fry and Emma Miskew. Uh, technically, they, were, uh, they, they, they just withdrew uh, due to an injury. I don't know too much about that, but basically... Notice all these teams that are big names in Canadian curling that just don't have time for mixed doubles, which is fine. You want to you want to try it, see if you're good. That's fine. But when you are trying to qualify for basically Olympic events, you know you want to you want to put your best foot forward. There's two ways around. You know, two ways to look at this is. Think about you know think about you know situation that if you are on a you know a top ten curling team, what's your best chance at winning a medal? Is it playing in mixed doubles, and you know it's there's a lot of people have not been playing this for very long. So you start now, you know you've got the curling expertise, you you understand strategy, you understand angles and all that. You you have a probably a better chance of winning a medal that way than you do winning your men's or your women's curling because you've got to play the best of the best. You've got high, high uh, competition levels, both nationally and globally. And you want to, you want to win an Olympic medal. That's the carrot that was supposed to be driving this whole thing. And that is the whole reason that mixed doubles teams have started featuring, you know, Rachel Homan and featuring, uh, you know, team. You know, uh, you know, players from Brad Gushu's team, players from Brad Jacobs' team, um, and it 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 doesn't seem to be at this point 
viable for them to participate. Now, maybe that's a scheduling issue for the Grand Slams. Maybe they need to be more accommodating mixed doubles in the next year. But this is going to be an important thing in, in 2018. If you want to compete for one or the other, you might have to choose what you want to do. And that's going to be some really interesting for some of the off-season moves. I mean, if you know, we'll we'll pick Gallant as an example, just to not to pick on him, but hey, he he declined uh, the world championship. If Brett Gallant is really good at mixed doubles, he might want to devote his resources towards being good at that because right now Canada does not have a superior mixed doubles team. They have not done great at the world stage. But they are in whoever they pick is going to be in really good position to to take that. So you know, I, a lot is still sort of up in the air, and we're already in that two-year cycle of uh, qualifying for automatic positions. And you know, there's there's a lot going on there. But I, I don't have an answer for them. But boy, I really think that individuals have to make the decision. Do you want to play on a team of four or do you want to play on a team of two? Choice is yours.